Welcome to Mother Puckers, episode eight. Big thank you to Sean Tubbs bringing us into the episode once again with his amazing guitar work. So let's get to it. Weekend update. Since hockey was played in Canada before the U.S., it is only fitting that Hockey Day happens in Canada first, and then the U.S. started it when USA Hockey dubbed a Hockey Day in America. However, the U.S. always takes things and makes them as big as possible. So here it's called Hockey Week in America. It also happens to fall in the middle of the NHL's annual Hockey is for Everyone month. The all-day broadcast of Hockey Day in America also highlighted Hockey is for Everyone's goal of promoting a safe, positive and inclusive environment for hockey players, families, and fans, regardless of their race, religion, gender, disability, or socioeconomic status. NBC did the Hockey Day in America broadcast from the Smashville Plaza in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, it's Bridgestone Arena Plaza. That game delivered a back-to-back win for the Predators, who have been stuck outside the bubble for playoffs pretty much since the first face-off in the fall. Predators downed their divisional rival and current Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues, while the Predators wore their Winter Classic jerseys during that game. Thank goodness they got the stink off those jerseys from that terrible Winter Classic showing in Dallas. The only good thing about that Winter Classic was watching thug Corey Perry do a walk of shame for 50 yards after a cheap hit that landed Predators fan favorite Ryan Ellis on the IR. While Perry got a five-game suspension, Ryan Ellis is still out, and it's seven weeks later. goes back to when Katie suggested the offender be out as long as the victim a couple of episodes ago. I think so, especially when guys like Perry do it over and over again. Same in youth hockey. Or maybe we start that rule in youth hockey so by the time they are in the NHL, they aren't trying to kill each other. Back to Hockey Day in America. As usual, Nashville turned out in style with music in the streets, hockey in the rink, and drinks at the honky tonks while the woo-woo girls on their pedal bars kept rolling on by. As a nod to Hockey is for Everyone and Black History Month, Willie O'Ray, the first black NHL hockey player, visited Nashville and participated in the opening ceremonies for the Preds Blues game. Willie is 84 now and played 45 games over two seasons with the Bruins. Of note, played with one eye. He lost vision in his right eye when he was struck in the eye by a puck a couple of years before he reached the NHL. He hid his blindness and finished a career that spanned from 1950 to 1979, which included stints in the all-black hockey leagues and the WHL as well as the NHL. First off, let's make a comment here. Male hockey players started wearing jock straps to protect the Nuggets in 1874, but those same guys didn't start wearing helmets until 1974. Or I guess I should say those, those same guys' grandsons didn't start wearing helmets until 1974. Stating the obvious here, if women ruled the world, just saying it wouldn't take us 100 years to figure out what's important. At least no player has suffered CTE in the jock area, so there's that. The other two NHL games Sunday rounding out the coverage was the Kings-Avs game with a big W for the Kings and the Penguins crushing 
league bottom dwellers, the Red Wings, five to one. The Americans continue celebrating all things hockey this week. And for the youth hockey world, you were definitely at a rink this past weekend. I know I had the good fortune of visiting a couple of rinks on Long Island this weekend. Met some new friends that are hopefully new listeners. Welcome, if you are. Lori from last episode talked about how it can be hard after a quote-unquote certain age, which I don't know what she's referring to because I'm definitely not that. It is to make meaningful friendships and being in the hockey mom world brings you a good common ground to start from for those friendships. I know I have met a lot of my good friends through hockey. I also got to spend some time with episode two star Sylvia from Utah and her hockey family. Something I am truly loving about this podcast is the opportunity to meet new people, hear their stories, expand my knowledge of the youth hockey world. It's really satisfying. And my goal is to bring you those stories. And I really hope I entertain you. I also ran into a founding mother pucker in Times Square. She had her mother pucker hat on, which led to the request for swag. I have it. Just haven't had time to get my website finished and available so you can purchase your gear. Please like my Mother Puckers page on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, it's M-U-T-H-E-R-P-U-C-K-E-R-S. And I will keep you posted when the website is live and swag is available for you to sport all over your hockey rinks. One of the rinks from this weekend inspired the following. You know it's a cold rink when. So you know it's a cold rink when you're grateful for all the squats and lunges you do at the gym to give you strong legs for the bathroom hover over the frozen cold toilet. You know it's a cold rink when your kid couldn't tie his skates all the way because his hands were so frozen he couldn't tighten them. So he fell on all crossovers until his hands warmed up enough to retie them tighter. You know it's a cold rink when at intermission you go stand outside in 28 degree weather to warm up. You know it's a cold rink when you can see your breath inside the rink, but not outside in the 28 degree weather because your insides are already frozen from being inside the rink. You know it's a cold rink when hot chocolate is already ice cubed from the time you get from the concession stand to the glass. You know it's a cold rink when your hands break instead of the glass after a goal or after yelling at a ref or after yelling at your own kid to make him skate. You know it's cold rink when three pairs of socks with Sorel's still equals toe frostbite. You know it's a cold rink when your Dr. Pepper is so frozen it explodes an hour later after leaving the rink. You know it's a cold rink when the kids are fighting over who gets a shift, not just to play the game, but to use that minute on the ice to warm up from sitting on the frozen bench. And you know it's a cold rink when your coach, who is Canadian, asks a player for his two size larger shoes to wear on the bench so hand warmer packets will fit in the shoes to keep his feet warm. These were all literally inspired from events this past weekend in one of the coldest rinks that I have been in. There are three that I have ranked right now. One's in Kentucky, one's in Michigan. Now, granted, in Detroit, I had pneumonia at that same time, but it was freezing. And then this one on Long Island, really cold. Would love to hear your, you know, it's a cold rink when stories and ideas to help out all of the mother puckers. While I was listening and meeting new people and hearing some of the stories being bandied about, this one came up in the category of Never have I ever heard this one of hockey mom stories. Here's one shared from an 05 tournament. And I'm helping folks stay anonymous, but this story is unbelievable. The tournament that this team was playing in included a mercy rule. If a team won by 11 points or more, they would only get one point for the win, not two. Working theory here was to keep 
like skilled teams in the same group, mitigating lopsided outcomes. One team was fairly strong, and when the score hit 10 to 2, the kids worked on passing and quit shooting on the goal. At five minutes left in the game, the other team pulled their goalie and began shooting on their own net. The winning team, the 10 score team, had to cover that net to keep the two-score team from scoring enough goals to make the W worth only one point. No one knew at the moment if the tournament director would have actually taken that point away considering the circumstances, but the two-goal team weren't able to score more than one goal, so the mercy rule didn't come into play as the final score then was 10-3. to Still, as it turned out, if the winning team lost that point, it would not have changed their position in the pool because they were still first in that pool. But man, karma is a biatch because in the tiebreaker, that one goal that the losing team scored on themselves dropped them from third to fourth in that bracket. The refs were at a loss. There are no USA hockey rules that says you can't score against yourself. So the refs told the coaches they just didn't know what they should call. The refs and coaches immediately went to the tournament director and reported the incident. Now you could say maybe a minor penalty. If it's repeated, then you forfeit the game. Maybe you give a warning to the coach. All kinds of things could have happened. But the commentary within the group started out with this next person saying, well, playing so you don't score anymore, so you can get two points instead of one, technically does hurt the other team. Surely the coach of the other team thought, why just let them use the rules to their advantage? Why shouldn't we? It's a Still a competition and strategy was being employed by both teams. Thought that was a pretty brilliant idea. But sometimes the problem with the tournaments, as someone else in the group said, is that they throw out tournament rules that they don't think all the way through. Now, you couldn't really use a bench minor because that has to occur near the bench. A minor penalty is out in the surface of play. So they could call a minor. They could have warned that coach, like I mentioned, or they could have just called the game and waved everything off if there was a goal. But either way, you know, the refs not having the support of the guidelines and the rules, I am sure will offer us an addendum to USA Hockey Rules addressing purposeful scoring on your own goal in the very near future, giving them the backup that they need in order to call a game. But the real culprit here is, you can obviously imagine where I'm going to go with this, is a coach who tells their kids to score on themselves. I mean, did he learn from his hockey mom? Hey, Johnny, I want you to cheat in any way you can to win. Do any of you know moms who give that advice? I mean, I know I don't. I think cheating is weak. Rule loopholes are taken advantage of until the loophole is closed. I mean, we've seen this in professional sports, and obviously this guy is employing the same strategy in this youth sport. So creative coaching is the best term that I can give this guy. I'd like to think that any team of kids would be like, no way am I shooting on my own net. But then we as parents are teaching our kids to be respectful of the coaches and do what the coaches tell them to do. So maybe we as parents have to now read through rules and teach our kids at home what is right and wrong. And when you should question what your coach is asking you to do so that they've got their own backup. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those situations where you're naming your kid and you look at every possible way that name could be used to make fun of the kid before actually naming the kid. We have to use all of those creative forces to make sure our kids are learning to be good humans while being good hockey players, especially 
if the coach isn't helping in that process. And man, people complain about their coach. At least it's not that guy. Holy. Well, that takes us to our interview with Mother Pucker Wendy. Wendy has figured out how to feed five of her own kids plus two billets while never cooking. This is definitely something you should listen into. I'm here in Nashville at a tournament, and I ran into a hockey mom named Wendy, and she's actually from Nashville, Tennessee, and she offered to come in and participate in the Mother Puckers podcast. So thanks for joining us. We're drinking a red wine tonight. Seems to be popular. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, let's tell the Mother Puckers out there there, um, a little bit about you, Wendy. So, how long have you been a hockey mom? Let's see. Um, the boys, my oldest are 13. They started when they were five. So, it's a pretty long time. Eight years. That's nice. Now, how many kids do you have? I have five. Dang. <laughs> you know, you just make me happy that I am controlling the population. <laughs> you are. <laughs> On this end. So you have five, and I, are, is there anything unique about these five yeah, children? a little bit. I have twins, 13-year-old twins, and I have um, 11-year-old triplets. And you just felt every uterus across America <laughs> and Canada shut down. <laughs> twins Maybe. and triplets, two years apart. Yes. I just don't even want to think the stitches that you asked your, your doctor to give you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an efficient way to have children, so. You know, that is Fast, true. Yeah. You're like over and done. Yeah. But your diaper bill, what was that like? <clears throat> I don't even remember. I have no idea. But it was probably not cheap. I'm, so I'm totally <laughs> forgetting about the fact that you're a hockey mom here because I'm fascinated with <laughs> twins and triplets that are two years apart. All right, so let's get back into the hockey okay. mom. So you've got two that are playing hockey. They're 13, so they're bantam, so they're hitting. They are. It's our first year to hit. How's that going? Um, so far, so good. We've come out unscathed so I like far. That. But I've won in the goal, so he's pretty safe from the checking. As long as he's wearing his Kevlar socks. You heard about that kid <laughs> getting the getting the skate to the to yeah. the leg, and so put those Kevlar Kevlar socks on. Do they make Kevlar socks? Is that a thing? They do. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. Never knew. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. So with <clears throat> five kids, do you, the other three uh, play any sports that you're running around to also? Um, <clears throat> four of the five run. And then um, my Are they other... being chased or going to jail? <laughs> no. They enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> We're a big running family. <laughs> so, have um, you been chased to go to jail? I have before, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, 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 I love that. being honest. Because, so did you get caught? I did, yes, in fact. And uh, I didn't really do anything wrong. I was just with people who did stuff wrong. That's what they all say. Uh-huh. Did you get fingerprinted? I did. Got a mugshot. Got the whole nine yards. Do your kids know this? Yes, they do. But I got off, so that's all Im- kind of got expunged. You know, <laughs> and here I thought getting kicked out of a game made you a real hockey mom. But no, I am now in the presence of what truly equates to a real hockey mom. I was very young. I was very young. I would hope so. Yeah. 
<laughs> I hope you didn't have two, uh, your, your twins and your triplets sitting there next to you. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, so I'm glad that you were very young and it was prior to them. Yes. Nice. So you have a goalie and you have a skater. Is he D or a forward? He's a forward. Forward. He's so, a winger. So did they uh, practice and play a lot at home? Yes and no. Callahan plays pretty much nonstop whenever he can. And Payne plays when um, only when extra friends come over. Like if your son comes over or your son comes over, he'll be in. But when it's just his brother, no. All right, interesting. The commitment level is opposite ends of the spectrum. Because you basically so. have, you just need one, one more. You've got to have one more because yeah. then you'd have a full I'd have a full team. team. Yep. Two of my other boys did play, but one hated it, and the other one liked it but wanted to try another sport. It's hard to do hockey and other sports. Yeah. So, so how do you feed that crew? Like, how does that work on a day when you've got school and homework and practice oh, for five kids? We eat kids? out a lot. Yeah? Um, What's your we favorite are, spot? We are rarely together Chick-fil-A. All right. <laughs> Probably Chick-fil-A is, or Mexican. What do you do on Sundays? <clears throat> That's usually, that's usually the um, husband cooking day. I don't cook meals. Great. <laughs> that's nice to get away with that. Yeah. I clean, but I don't cook. So. Okay. We've gotten a great story from you. We don't have a hockey mom story, though. We've got one that you're in jail, <laughs> which is fabulous. But from a hockey mom perspective, what's, what's your best, uh, best story there? I mean, I guess we billeted last year to Jeez. U18. On top of the five? On top of the five. Make that seven? <laughs> we had seven, yes. Plus the two of you? Yes. So um, At this point, I think our listeners are questioning your sanity. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. We had two. That was hard. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like with your experience from a parenting perspective, you'd be one hell of a coach <laughs> with all the different personalities and everything. Because that's a big part of a coach's job is managing all the different people on the team and their personalities yeah could I mean yeah potentially I could be okay I do I coach some running but I don't know that I could coach hockey I bet I'm learning hockey could. as we go so I bet you could <laughs> well okay it looks like uh your game's getting ready to start it is so yeah. I don't want to keep you okay but thank you Wendy for your yeah. time and now I know to be very afraid of you <laughs> I don't know about that thank you but thanks and there you have it here you thought getting kicked out of a hockey game by a ref was the bar set for hockey moms and mother puckers. But no, it's getting arrested. Whether it was in your youth or not, that's a whole new level of mother pucker right there. I want to thank Wendy for her time and her insights on how to get away with not cooking for five plus two kiddos. I hope you all enjoyed the show. I've got some good stuff coming up. I'm going to be talking to the folks at My Hockey Rankings. I've got a couple of hockey moms that are also married to NHLers. You will soon get your chance at some swag. Please email me at julie at motherpuckers.com and don't forget those use for those wine glasses, those whiskey glasses or those beer glasses, whatever it is that you're using to get you through almost to the end of the season here. Got probably three weeks across the country here until the end of the season, and then we'll be in for spring hockey. So until next time, see you at the rink. Mm-hmm.